The Bulls finish off the year and their six-game homestand with a win, finishing now 4-2 and two over that six-game span. We're going to talk about that span. We're going to talk about that game against the Philadelphia 76ers. And we're going to talk about why the month of December was really a turning point for the Chicago Bulls and can they build off on it for the rest of the season. All that plus the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So the Bulls finished their six-game homestand 4-2 and with a win over the Philadelphia 76ers and a win in which the Sixers only led for 40 seconds in this game. Other than that, the Chicago, Bu- the Chicago Bulls won or led the whole way through. We won every single quarter of this game. And while, you know, we never really put the Philadelphia 76ers away early in the game until later in the game, it's it. It was still a, a game that the Bulls really had a com, uh, a command over the whole time. Now that doesn't mean everything was perfect. The Bulls let the Philadelphia 76ers go on several runs after they went on big runs and it had times and opportunities to really kind of shut that game down early. But when you look at it, the play of Demar Rose and the play of of Kobe White just leading the way for the Chicago Bulls in scoring and Kobe White doing much more than scoring and that's been the biggest thing with Kobe and his growth. Right? It's not just the fact that he's scoring at a at a at a high level, even though the three point shooting is coming back down to earth here recently but the eight rebounds two assists that he had in this game and plus just the brand of defense that he played and overall the Chicago Bulls almost took Tyrese Maxey out the game in this one now he still got 20 points but he took 22 shots to get it he had seven assists and one still on top of everything else and one thing that you can definitely see with Tyrese Maxey is that speed that he that man has elite speed and he's going to be um in this game for a long time but the Bulls took advantage of Joel Embiid being out and I know some people are going to be well we beat him without Joel Embiid out well look at who we were missing in this game as well but with that's 100 million dollars on the bench but one of the best and funniest moments in this is kind of a full circle moment was DeMar DeRozan doing the too small to uh to Pat Bev which he did again I think that was actually what a year or two ago he did this too small to uh to Pat Bev Pat Bev did it when he was here to LeBron James it's just a complete full circle moment that, you know, it was good to see uh, here happen in the Chicago Bulls. But the Bulls overall get a win. They're 4-2 and two over this stretch at home. They had a six-game winning streak. And we always talked about the Bulls, you know, really owning this home this homestand because of the Chicago Bulls fans have saw a lot of losses, right? And while everything wasn't perfect over this stretch, I would never say that it was, is that, the, you know, those two losses were ugly, right? Especially, I keep looking at that one at Cleveland. We should have won that one against Cleveland. But, you know, it is what it is when it comes down to it, man. DeMar DeRozan finishing with 24 points. Kobe White finishing with 20 points. Every starter being in double digits was important for the Bulls tonight as well. Those are things that really helped the Chicago Bulls win games and be that dangerous team that we've seen them be for so often just during this stretch and this run is that they share and spread the ball around and that really makes it more difficult for the opposing defenses to know exactly where the point of attack is going to come from and that's what helps the Chicago Bulls team and while a lot of Bulls fans want to see Adama Sanogo and I understand it um, and have you know really hated uh, Billy Donovan in the small ball rotations for years not even just this stretch but Terry Taylor gave us 17 really good minutes um, in yesterday's game, six rebounds, one assist, one steal, six points, playing with energy, right? He was he, he showed me some things I didn't really expect from him either. And we continue seeing that growth of Dale and Terry as well, right? Not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. He did hit a three-pointer in last night's game, but just giving us some really solid minutes. Didn't really fill the stat sheet last night. No measurable stat 
other than a turnover and personal foul and three points. But he really did place uh, some really good defensive rotations and minutes, gave some energy plays. Javon Carter continues to struggle, man. I don't know. Javon Carter just isn't bringing anything at the consistent level I wanted to see from him or thought he would bring to the Chicago Bulls team. And I do see a world in which if Zach Levine is moved that uh, uh, Javon Carter could be absolutely moved with Zach Levine. But that's a that's another story for another day. I would assume it was six points off the bench, three rebounds, two assists, uh, one block as well, giving us that energy and defense. It's not always going to be offense with Io DeSumo. I've seen a lot of Bulls fans saying, we need more offense, we need more offense. Yeah, technically we do, but that's not always going to be Io's role. And while he was a scorer in college, that really hasn't been how he's made his niche at, in the NBA level. There are absolutely going to be nights where he scores big time for the Bulls, but to expect that night in and night out, I just don't think that that's what you're going to get from Io at this, stand, at this point in his career. Patrick Williams, again, 6 for 11 from the field, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 13 points. Really good production for Patrick Williams as well. And Overall, just like how the Bulls finished out this home stretch. It was the last game of the year. Last, So, you know, they get to do that. Um, we, we come back against Philly on Tuesday, so look out for that one. That one is a two-game road trip. We face Philly in New York. New York, uh, the Knicks game is actually on ABC. That's going to be a big point for the Chicago Bulls because if they can turn heads on national TV, the national media is going to start probably changing their narrative around the Chicago Bulls. Um, but, uh, listen, the Bulls right now, they could have been two games below 500 had they won out. That was always rare. We're right now, um, we're right now, uh, four games below 500, and that's cool, right? The Bulls got some work that they need to do, um, and they can. It, we'll see. They go into the easier part of their schedule. We still got Philly and New York. After that, we got two games against Charlotte, a game against Houston, who's playing really well. Uh, we're we're uh, at home against Golden State, and then uh, in San Antonio, that puts us to about mid January. So you know, the Bulls have some games that they could take opportunities for if the Bulls can be. By, at 500 by that January 15th game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, things really do change. But they wouldn't change for the Chicago Bulls if it wasn't for the month of December that the Chicago Bulls had. They had a great month of December, going 9-5 and five over this stretch. And the thing is, is that when you look at December, the Bulls improved their offensive rating to 117.3, which is 16th in the NBA. Still not the top half of the NBA, but drastically improved from where they were at 28th to start the season. Also, our defensive rating has improved to 114.1, uh, which is ninth overall in the NBA. And we have a net rating of, of, of plus 3.2, which is ninth best uh, for the month um, with six games left to be played tomorrow. But again, the Bulls have absolutely stepped up their game and they've really used that Boston loss to really kind of bind the team closer together. That could have been something that completely broke the team, right? But instead, it really brought that team together, and they've really played for each other since that time. Matter of fact, Kobe spoke on it here. I was in that locker room in Boston a month ago, and that was about as low of a moment as I've seen this team go through. What's, I mean, it's, we're only talking a month later. Does it feel completely different to you? Uh, You know, you're going to have, I'll always say you're going to have adversity, ups and downs, man. And we're all competitors. We play at the highest level. We all want to win. So that Boston game, we feel like we didn't compete as a team. Like, we just didn't come out ready to play, and we, and we got blown out by 30. Uh, so for us, obviously, we felt some type of way because we're all super competitive, and we want to win. And, and to go out there and lose in that fashion, it, it, it hurt us, you know, because that's embarrassing for us to, to go out there at the highest level and, and lose like that. So, you know, for us. Uh, but, you know, since then, like I said, we stayed together. We could have, in that moment, you know, when adversity hit, and we was at our lowest this season, we could have all, you know, grew apart. And, you know, instead of doing that, we all came together. Um, and I, I think that, that contributes to how we've been playing in the month of December. And so 
one of the biggest questions that we have to ask ourselves is, yeah, it's been a fun month. It's been better to talk about more wins. All those things are legit, right? Bulls moving to 10 and 5 in their time since Zach Levine went down. All that feels great. But when you look at it, is the play sustainable? That is the one thing that we're asking ourselves as Bulls fans, because listen, a lot of Bulls fans, rightfully so, are still pessimistic after seeing how much this team has struggled over years. And even in some of the games that they struggle, when you look at that Cleveland Cavaliers loss, things like that, right? They're, they're asking that. But right now, when you look at it, this has been a team that has had to overcome injuries to Torrey Craig and Nikola Vucevic, who are, were two really big parts of what this team's trying to do. When you look at the offense and how, you know, it, it kind of seems more stagnant at times, right? Not as much moving. And I really do think a lot of that is without having Nikola Vucevic's passing out there. And the team's looking to overcome that. Torrey Craig, since Torrey Craig went down, that means that we're even more depleted on the bench and we don't really have a player, have a player that's a threat to, sh- to stretch the floor. Dalen Terry can't do it consistently. Io does it at times, but not consistently either. Javon Carter, the one player that you would think would be able to bring that, no. And then now Andre Drummond, who's one of our best players off the bench, is in the starting lineup while Nikola Vucevic is out. So those type of things, we've overcome that as well. Then when you look at it, playing with heart and finally building an identity. That's one of the biggest things that this team has done. It's not just the skill level. It's not just the execution on defense, which that goes a long way as well, but it's the heart that this team is playing with. There's been times and stretches during this this for this this streak since Zach Levine's been out where the Bulls would have been out of games because of other teams going on deep runs. This team has found a way to unlock heart and play with that consistently and stay in some of these games and have a pride about themselves. And that is what that the identity is what can push you forward into being a team that can go further than maybe what the what the individual parts would tell you that you can. And then of course Kobe White's three-point shooting struggles. We've still, we've overcome that as well over this stretch and I think I don't think that that's something that you can really overlook too much because the way that Kobe White was shooting the three ball and the distance that he was shooting it from as well was really providing more spacing for DeMar DeRozan to go to work and Nikola Vucevic to have more space as well. Now, with Vooch down and Kobe White's three-point shooting being right now in the toilet, unfortunately, we've still seen Kobe overcome that to understand how to get to the rim, get to the free throw line, still find a way to score. Nikola Vucevic is out, which has clogged that lane even more. DeMar still found a way to go about his game while still getting assists. And Patrick Williams has stayed playing aggressive and consistent over this stretch of time as well. The Bulls are doing some things right now that is that does make it seem like this level of play is definitely sustainable. And, you know, Alex Caruso saying this, I think defensively we're making strides, but we can always be better defending with the five helping each other. We can play more consistently, um, and we don't defend with five. You, you take away those lapses, and we have a better chance. And that's really what it comes down to. The lapses. There are lapses that this team has in, even in their new style of play. If they can shore those up, make those lapses a little, make those last lapses happen less. And you're looking at a team that really can go on this playoff run. Billy Donovan also talked about, you know, the 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 uh, how much how sustainable this play is for the Chicago Bulls, and he said this: When you're trying to create an identity, it's really really hard, you know, to 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 do it night in and night out. Um, but we have to work at it. And I, and I think that these guys have worked really hard at it, you know, to do it. So I think, is it sustainable? Yes. But we have to put the work in. We can't think that, oh, okay, we got to figure it out. Like, we have to put the work in to do that, to, to, to get down the floor, to flatten the floor out, to get the ball moving, to try to get the ball ahead of the defense. To not, and listen, there are nights, and I do think, not making excuses for our guys, the Denver game, the Cleveland game, you know, we were a step slow. We got to be able to push through those moments. So I think that the guys understand, you know, what we need to do, but we have to work for one another. 
And I think what it comes down to is the show improved. Now we get a little bit, a couple of days break. Let's come back. If the Bulls have another month like they had in the month of December, doesn't mean they have to go nine and five or whatever else. Maybe it's closer to a 500 record. Maybe they're only one game above 500. Maybe even a little bit, uh, one game below 500 over the month of January. But I think overall, if the style of play stays the same, and keep in mind, uh, Zach Levine may be returning to practice next week with the IR return around January 8th or 10th. So, you know, you'll see what happens with that. But if this team can keep playing for them for each other and together, yeah, this type of play is sustainable. We just have to see them do it because us as Bulls fans, we've seen so many times where it's gone down, right? After we've gone up and been really high on this team and things have fallen off a cliff. So let's hope that that avoids. But I like the way that this team has fought through adversity with injuries, uh, uh, you know, downplay, things like that, and has still found a way to win basketball games. But let me know what you guys think on all that down below if you're on the YouTube side. If you're on the podcast side, i tell you how to get your thoughts in here towards the end of the show. But it's still Sunday, so that means it's still mailbag day. Let's go ahead and get into the voice mailbag. This first one, this one's from Cornelia. Hey, what's good, Hayes? It's Corn, man. Um, I um, want to talk about uh, Patrick Williams, and then I'm going to bring up a second question after I talk about uh, P. Wills. What, uh, how much money would I get? Um, I'm going to give him the same deal as I gave Kobe White. That simple. Um, I know people are probably going to get big. Um, probably going to be like, oh, my goodness, no. Um, he's worth almost five years, $100 million. Um, Has he proved that to me in this season? A small sample size. Small sample size. Now, I am the biggest P-Will fan. You know what I mean? Um, I still believe that he's going to make a leap of some sort. Whatever that leap is, I really don't. I, I believe that he is. Um, so I would give him three years, about 36, no more than 40 million when it sits us. And the most I would give him is, uh, give him is three years, probably a 50 mil. That, that's the highest I'm gonna go with P. Will on the contract. Um, not giving him a hundred mil. Um, I'm not giving him a big contract. He, to me, he hasn't proved that yet consistently that he can be this. Now, once he proved this all year, Okay, we give him five years to a hundred million. I'm down with that. But until then, me personally, I would give him three years, forty million in assistance, possibly fifty million if he completes the assistance. Now, the second question is: We are lacking size. Do you do you think was it premature to get rid of Justin Lewis? Um, to me, I kind of think he did. Because um, we're really lacking on size right now. And I believe he brings similarities to a boot. You know what I mean? He can stretch, he can stretch the floor. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's, like I said, I don't know. I don't know what his issue was. Uh, we're more in tune to that. But what do you think? Do you think that we prematurely um, release Justin Lewis with? Actually, we should have brought him up and give him some help with size, shooting, rebounding. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code 
Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Stuff like that. Um, anyways, man, happy new year to you, King. Be safe. I appreciate you like always, man. Appreciate you, appreciate all of y'all, man. Thank y'all so much for giving us the Chicago Book content, man. Keep rolling, man. Blessings. Okay, so I understand your thought process behind saying Patrick Williams, you would give him the same deal as Kobe White. Now, the one thing with that is, is Patrick Williams was a higher draft selection. So right now, his his salary this season is higher than than Kobe White's uh, salary right now, for example. So I think he is going to get a bit of a raise. And I think another thing that you have to kind of think about is that the Bulls don't want to give him a short-term deal because what if he does hit his ceiling and then just a year after that, you now have to negotiate with him as an unrestricted free agent and pay him more. So while right now the Chicago Bulls giving him about 15 to 18 million may seem like a high, if the way that he's been playing is sustained and he even builds upon that foundation, that same 15 to 18 million dollars can seem like a a underpay if he plays this way consistently. And you, you always have to pay, play that that guessing game when you give a contract extension, right? But you do want to make sure that you build in something to say if he does, if this is sustainable and he keeps playing like this, we can we can we can have a deal where we can keep some flexibility while he's playing at a big level before we then have to give him the actual big contract. So I think that's something to keep in mind there. Overall, great thinking on that. As far as your question on Justin Lewis, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say no only because we have Julian Phillips here, right? You have Adama Sonogo here. Those are big men that have just frankly shown more at the G League level than anything Justin Lewis has, and he has an injury. And I think so, yeah, while we need rebounding and we use size and things like that, we have that still on this roster with players that bring more rebounding because, yeah, Julian Phillips is a way better, better rebounder than anything Justin Lewis ever was. And same with the Dama Sinago, Um, And they both have higher ceilings as far as offensively and defensively. And I think that the Bulls looked at that and said, hey, um, while Justin Lewis, we love you, we, 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 brought, we signed you We're on draft day as an undrafted free agent because we did believe on you, he just hasn't come back from ACL injury. And don't think just because they released him, it, it means that they're done with him. Could just mean that, hey, listen, go ahead and do your rehab. Finish that out. If you get on with another team, cool. But we've seen the Bulls bring other players back as well. So I hope that J Justin Lewis doesn't turn into like the next the, the next Max Struess that we're looking at and saying, damn, we had him here and let him go. But I think right now is a calculated risk because of who we already have on the roster as well. But let me know what you guys think on that down below. Great voicemail from Corn. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Greg. Yo, Hayes, what's up? It's your boy Greg, man. I got a good question. Who do you think the Bulls to trade Zach Levine for? That's a nice letter. Who should the Bulls trade Zach Levine for? This is a common question. And the thing that I always say is just get the best deal possible. There's a lot of deals. Like the Kings can offer a really good deal. The Sacramento, uh, uh, the San Antonio Spurs can offer a really good deal. But I think it just comes down to get the best talent possible. I don't have like, a one player that I would like. I have like a combination that teams can offer, of course, right? We've talked a lot about that on the channel. We've talked about what the Kings can offer with Davion Mitchell, Kevin Herter, which I think after looking at the OG and Anobi trade, it kind of makes that trade even more likely, but we got a voicemail on that here in a second I'll get into. Um, but, you know, I think when it comes down to it, it's not just about what player because I don't think you're going to get that. Yeah, like, for example, Pascal Siakam for Zach Levine trade, I think, would do wonders, right? It would give us a four. You can move Patrick Williams back to the three theoretically. But, again, I don't think that that deal works. So I think at the end of the day, you just get the best deal that you can possible. Get some talent in here. It's more about adding depth to this team and having that team that, that fights with the sum of their parts than it is about getting one specific player back for Zach. At least 
in my opinion. But great voicemail from Greg. Let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Mello. Yo, what up, Paige? This is Mello. Um, just a couple of things I want to throw at you. Uh, one, shout out to Damon Terry. You know, he's been playing a lot better lately. You know, I'm looking at his game, and if this offseason he gets with a shooting coach and develops a – because, goddamn, he can't shoot the shit. But if he gets with a shooting coach and gets a legitimate three, just a jump shot where he can hit those corner threes or whatever the case may be, he could actually be good because he's got a good IQ as far as his passing ability. He can handle the ball. He plays and he has a lot of energy. So I think he'll be good for the Bulls next year. Another thing I just want to throw at you, with the whole Levine situation, I was looking at different teams that might be interested in him, especially now since the Knicks made that trade and they got fleeced. I'm sorry. They really got fleeced in that trade. That shit was stupid. But they're the Knicks, so fuck them. But <laughs> for the trade for Levine, I'm thinking maybe to Sacramento for sending Levine and, Levine and Carter because he's another one. He left his jump shot in Milwaukee. And sending him and Levine to Sacramento for Davion Mitchell, Herder, and Barnes to finish it out financially. What's your thoughts on that? Happy New Year, bro. Daylon Terry, if he works with a shooting coach, here, listen, I think that that's, and that's why you saw this player development staff come in. Daylon Terry is using the minutes that he's getting right now and you can tell that he's learning on the go. And that's what you want to see from a young player, not really getting a whole hell of a lot of minutes, but is getting consistent minutes. How are you growing your game? We're not going to say that you're all of a, going to say, all of a sudden going to turn into this knockdown shooter and things like that. A lot of that work's done in the offseason, but the confidence that Dalen Terry's growing, I think that Dalen Terry's starting to calm down more. He's still, you know, he, 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 plays, he plays with a lot of instinct, which isn't necessarily bad, but I think once we start seeing Dalen Terry play with intention, that's where you're going to see the defensive impact that he can make become even greater. And we're starting to see bits and pieces of that. But that intentionality in this play, that's what I think we need to see from him most. We know that he has the instincts. We know that he has the energy. But be intentional in how you use those things. I think that'll get Dalen Terry to the next level, as well as with the shooting that you pointed out. Now, as far as Levine to the Kings for Davion Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, that may be the type of deal that the Bulls are offered. When you look at the OG and Anobi deal, um, that's a similar type deal to it. Am I saying that there, any of those players are as good? No, but that's a similar type deal. Now, uh, of course, Harrison Barnes is much older than anybody the Raptors got back in that deal. So there's that part of it as well. But we're not getting Keegan Murray. That type of thing is not happening. I know some Bulls fans are hoping for that, which is ridiculous because that's not happening. But I do think that that, that that type of deal is probably what you're going to get back for Zach when you get back pieces that can contribute and, and maybe fit in on this team as well. So nice point out there for Melo. Let's get into this next trade idea. This one's from Reginald. Hey, this is Reginald from Columbus, Georgia. Uh, you know what time it is another Zach Levine trade on it. Uh, well, this trade idea. Uh, when I look at these teams, I don't think like which teams is one of them. If there is any team that's you know, struggling to make the playoffs, you know, when I look at, you know, out west, I see, you know, teams like, well, you know what, forget about teams. I was just thinking about trade with, like, best team to make the deal would be the Atlanta Hawks. Or the Memphis Grizzlies, or some combination of that, or San Antonio Spurs. You know, I look at uh, Atlanta. You no, know, I wouldn't want to trade them to there because you know they're just like one game back. Uh, it's like, but they have like the most depth pieces to get back without killing the team. Like, when I look at them, I say, you know what, Hunter Bogdanovich, uh, AJ Griffin. Those three guys would be, you know, the ones who would match up, you know, contractually. And then turn around and look at San Antonio. Like, I really like Trey Jones. And we probably have to give up, you know, Javon Carter, which I'm not, not too worried about. And probably Terry Taylor to match up with the contract. And then you have to give up the Portland first, which I don't think any of us think is going to, you know, actually 
be a first in the future. But, you know, what do you think about that idea? Uh, um, I don't see Atlanta getting involved in the Zach Levine uh, sweepstakes only because Trey Young and Zach Levine will probably be the worst defensive backcourt in the league. I, I, I struggle to think of another one that's as bad. And I just I, I think that they've looked at now the DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, and they saw that, hey, technically DeJounte Murray is a nice two-way player. Not amazing, right, but a nice two-way player. And that didn't necessarily work out the best. So I don't think that that's something that would happen. I understand why you went to that considering where Atlanta is. is you're trying to look at, you're more so looking at teams that make it desperate. I just don't think that it's a feasible thing. But you never know as a three-team trade. You never know what may happen there. Now, as far as San Antonio Spurs, I do think, that they are a possibility, but I don't think that the Bulls are going to give up any picks. Now, yes, that Portland pick is probably not going to be a first. It's lottery protected through 2018, then it becomes a two second round picks, I believe. That's probably the most likely outcome, but even then, I don't see the Bulls giving up draft capital to give up Zach Levine. I think they kind of want more pieces back. So um, I, I get what you're thinking on that. I get where your heads is. I just don't know if, that, if the Bulls are looking to give up picks to be able to trade Zach Levine. Who knows? Maybe they have to, but I just don't see it right now. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Shay. Yo, what's up, Hayes? This is Shay, you know. Hey, look, I'm going to keep it real. When will these NBA fans and yet these LeBron James fans and yet people, basketball fans in general, realize that that super team shit will not work nowadays? Look, I understand it sounds great to have Kevin Durant and LeBron James on the team and this and that. I know a lot of Bulls fans want us to get a superstar player to put in with this young core and all that, but let's keep it real. What works and what wins championships, and the Denver Nuggets have proven it, the Miami Heat have proven it, even though they never won championship. You know, they haven't won championship with this regime, and a whole lot of these other teams have proven it in the past. You need a good system and a good coach that can help you win a championship. You need a good system. It's not necessarily depending on how good the player is, but if the system works, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of these fans, they just looking at what's on the stat sheet and what's on paper. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. I would love if the Bulls were to get a player like Kevin Durant and replace him with DeMar DeRozan. And that would sound all good. It's still out a lot of tickets, but let's keep it real. If you want to talk about a winning sense and making the playoffs on a consistent basis, and hey, if so, winning the championship, you need a system. So please, I'm here to tell all y'all, y'all fans who are fans of this super team era bullshit. That shit just don't work. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people keep saying, oh, when you trade somebody, this is one of the reasons why if when people brought up trading Zach Levine to Toronto, I did not want Pascal Siakam. I wanted a guy like OG Ananobi that could fit with our system that Billy Donovan is trying to establish. You need a system play a system player that can fit with your system, not a superstar player. Now don't get me wrong, superstars do help, but hey man, that super team shit just won't work. And I know I said this before last year, but it just doesn't work. You see what's going on in Phoenix and you see what's going on in, in LA right now. That super team shit just don't work no more. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. Um, okay. I don't know. I don't know who like Shay just comes with these voicemails like he's pissed off at somebody. And it's, I feel like sometimes Shay's looking in the mirror and going off on himself. But nonetheless, yeah, I would say, yes, need a good system to win championships, but you need the right system with the right players at that point in time to really bring it out. So, yeah, you know, the superstar or the, the, the super teams, I think that era is starting to come to end unless you organically build a super team, much like the Golden State Warriors did with drafting Clay, Draymond, and Steph. And then they were able to eventually, while those players were on rookie scale contracts, bring in a player like KD 
So I think that if you, it, it puts more of an onus on drafting extremely well, being smart with your signings, and if you do that, then you can still build a super team. But the days of the manufactured super team, I think those days are definitely over, Shannon. I think you make a great point on that. Or it's going to be more difficult to do them. There's still going to be some teams that absolutely try it. But when you look, when's the last manufactured super team that really was able to win a title? It's been a minute. So I think you got to look at it in that aspect as well, too. So I think teams are just going to be smarter with drafting. I think they're going to be they're going to value their their scouting department a little bit more because that is really how you can now build a team in the way that the NBA is going, so, or a super team possibly in the way that the NBA is going. But great voicemail from Shay, even though I got to throw him a little fun. Right, let's get into the last voicemail for the year. For the year. Let's go ahead and play this one. This one's from No Sage. CEO Hayes, No Sage, a.k.a. Known Sage, for your mailbag. Hoping tomorrow the bench back. Yesterday, that P will put back DT, took that dope charge for us. But Andre Drummy went dummy on the fouls and such. Anyways, last game of the year to steal. Let's see red, even if we take an L for real. Peace. I don't know what that was. I don't know. No Sage is trying to drop bars. Like, first of all, No Sage called, like, five times in a row while we were live the other day, didn't leave a voicemail. Like, I, I don't know what No Sage is going through. Like, this ain't the place for your mixtape, brother. Like, I, I can't get you a deal. I would love to, but I can't get you. Just throwing some fun to No Sage, man. That's my guy, man. Y'all make sure y'all go and check, check him out over at Hip Pod Heads. They do really good work over there. But uh, that's it. The last voicemail bag episode of the year for Chicago Bulls Central. And the last episode of the year, unless some crazy news drops, this is probably going to be the last episode you see from me of the year, and I want to thank you guys for what was an amazing year of growth for the channel in Chicago Bulls Central. And like I always say, guys, like this channel, I may be the host of it, but it's our channel, meaning that you guys are a biggest part of the identity of this channel as any. I do a terrible job at promoting the show, and it's because of guys, it's because of people, not the men and women who support this channel and tell other people about it, who come up to the live streams that retweeted, reposted, all these type of things, man. It means the world to me, man. I cannot say enough about just how much this audience and this base that we've built, this family that we've built here has meant to me over the last year. And for those that know, I've, I've gone through some shit during this time. I've lost some family members, things like that. And really, you guys have really helped bring it all together, man. And I, it means the world to me to just see, see what this community has become and what it's still becoming. And we still got to go. 20,000 subscribers by the end of the 2023-24 season. If you're not subscribed to the channel, man, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, man. About 40% of you guys aren't subscribed, but you're still watching. Stop lurking. Hit the subscribe button. But otherwise, man, I love you guys so much. Make sure you're uh, following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.